So as we have been walking through the story of Acts, we have journeyed with Paul and we have witnessed how the Holy Spirit has enabled him to continue sharing the gospel, no matter how many hardships he has faced. And he has faced many. And yet he continues to persevere. We have been able to witness how the Holy Spirit has continued to empower him and the disciples in the building of the kingdom. All Greeks and Jews in Asia have heard the good news of the gospel. And the kingdom has been growing. The church of Ephesus has grown so deeply in relationship with God and also in how they have cared and grown to trust Paul. Paul has encouraged them. He has supported them. And he has loved them. But what happens when the support in the human sense that we depend on is not available in the way that we want anymore? Then what? I want to invite you to turn to Acts 20, 13 through 38. And we're going to read a little bit about what do we do in a time like that. It's on page 1,727. It's Acts 20, 13 through 38. Acts 20, 13 through 38. It says, Paul's farewell to the Ephesians elders. We went on ahead to the ship and sailed for Assos, where we were going to take Paul aboard. He had made this arrangement because he was going there on foot. When he met us at Assos, we took him aboard and went to Midian. The next day, we set sail from there and arrived off Chios. The day after that, we crossed over to Samos. And on the following day, we arrived at Miletus. Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia. For he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I have lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I have taught you publicly from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem 
not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit has warned me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you, and they will not spare the flock. Even from your own number men, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know this, that the hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that, I showed you this by the kind of hard work we must do and help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. And they all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. But what grieved them the most was the statement that they would never see his face again. And then they accompanied him to the ship. Thanks be to God. Wow, that is such a heartfelt goodbye. I mean, the fact that Paul would go to this much trouble to give this message to the elders of the church personally, and the fact that Luke would pause in the story and record these words for us to read is interesting to note 
Because Luke's writing shows us so much of Paul's heart and his view on leadership. But not only that, the ending of this message is heart-wrenching as they weep, as their friends of Paul hug him because they will never see him again. And yet, in the midst of such grief, both Paul and the church trust each other, but most importantly, they trust that the Holy Spirit would sustain them. You know, this reminds me of a time when my family and I moved to Mexico when I was in middle school. But my older brother stayed in the United States because he was in college. And I was excited about the possibility of of moving to a new country. But I was nervous because I didn't speak the language. And my older brother, who I was pretty close with, was not going to be with me. Sometimes change, whether for good or for bad, can still cause us to feel afraid or nervous. Because we do not know, we do not know what awaits us in that unknown. Just like how the church was weeping because they were going to miss Paul. They were going to miss his encouragement and his leadership and his support. And they wondered, how would they persevere in the trials ahead of them without Paul? But the Holy Spirit gives strength through us to help the weak. And when I arrived in Mexico, the church that we were attending had a youth group that I became pretty involved in. And I found that I had many brothers and sisters in Christ. And only weeks after I had arrived, another young American girl arrived with her family as well. And just like how Paul finds joy in giving, because in giving, in giving life, he is helping the weak, I too began to find Comfort in encouraging this young girl going through this difficult transition because I knew how that felt. Paul gave his time and his presence, his tears, his hope. He invested everything that he could to better those around him for the kingdom. And the Holy Spirit gave Paul the strength to help the weak. And the Holy Spirit is now going to continue empowering the church of Ephesus to help the weak. Although Paul will no longer be a source of support for the church in Ephesus, Paul had been with the church for three years And he helped them grow into the Holy Spirit, into the working of the Holy Spirit. The church of Ephesus was not only his friends, but they had become family. His time with the Ephesians was now coming to an end, and he would no longer be able to encourage them like he once did. 
So before he left for Jerusalem, he decided to say goodbye. You see, the Holy Spirit told Paul to go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the city where the council resided and the leaders who once blessed Paul to persecute Christians many years ago. Now Paul had become a Christian and he was going to go back to this council. Paul knew that if he went to Jerusalem, he would likely die. But the Holy Spirit had gone before him, and Paul knew that this is where he needed to go, even though the outcome seemed grim. Paul called the elders of the church to meet him, in order to say his goodbyes. I mean, he did live with them for three years. He watched their kids grow up. He experienced life in the church. I can imagine Paul looking at the church community, and as he looks at each person in their eyes, he sees a story, a connection, a memory like the couple who let him live with him when he was first settling in. Or the son of a friend that he babysat for. Or maybe the widow who let him stay for a while. Or the neighbor whose brother was sick and he went and visited. Or maybe the time when the young boy fell out of the window because he fell asleep during the sermon and Paul ran downstairs running to him and putting his arms around him and yelling, everyone, he's okay. It was just a little fall. This signified how the Lord was working through Paul to not exhibit the mighty power and of Paul but the love that God had for his children by breathing life back into this young boy, by breathing community and a sense of connection into this, this, this church. This community experienced memories together. They experienced the Holy Spirit at work together. More than any church that Paul visited Paul was with the Ephesians the longest. These people were his family. He would laugh with them. He would cry with them. He spent countless hours teaching them. It even says in Acts 19.10, All who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. It doesn't say some. It says all. That's a lot. Can you imagine the amount of time and the kind of effective ministry that builds that bond of fellowship and friendship that lasts a lifetime when you're doing that type of ministry? When Paul wrote to the church and he exclaimed, Brothers and sisters, please meet me. I need to speak to you. This is urgent. They were perplexed. I mean, why the sense of urgency? 
He had visited with them many times. But they obeyed, and they walked 40 miles to see him. Brother, they exclaimed when they saw him, it is so good to have you back. How we have missed you. We have missed your encouragement and your wisdom, and we have so many questions to ask you. Are you coming to stay with us again? But instead of being greeted by the joyful Paul that they were used to, there was this look of deep sadness. He, I mean, he had been traveling. He was exhausted, probably covered in dirt from walking on those dirt roads for so long. But when they saw each other and they embraced, instead of being greeted with good news, they began to realize this wasn't a hello. This was a goodbye. Paul was about to tell them something that he had never told them before. Can you imagine the great sadness and the courage that it would take to tell your closest friends and family that you're leaving and that your paths, they might not cross again. Well, Paul mustered the courage and he told his brothers and sisters what the Holy Spirit had spoken to him. In each city, I have visited. The Holy Spirit has warned me of these hardships ahead of me, and I am called to go to Jerusalem. It was so hard for them to believe this. But Jerusalem? But they will kill you, Paul. You know what? Let's ask the Lord if if he'll send you somewhere else. We still need you. But no, slowly but surely they began to understand that Paul, he wasn't kidding. And nor was he going to change his mind. But maybe, they thought, they said to him, but maybe we will see you again. I mean, could there be a chance? Could there? This, maybe we'll see you one more time. This is similar to when Jesus ascended to heaven And the disciples looked to Jesus and they said, you're coming back, right? I mean, this isn't goodbye. We will see you again, right? Well, this is similar to when Paul was leaving his closest friends, his allies, his family. They didn't want to say goodbye to someone who they cared so deeply for. And as Paul shook his head and shared this difficult news, you will not see me again, dear friends. I have cared for you the best that I can. But now the Lord will care for you in ways that I cannot. And Paul left them with one last lesson. As he quoted our Lord and Savior, and he said, Remember, it is better to give than to receive. 
And at this point, his brothers and sisters were completely at a loss of words. As they embraced Paul, as they knelt on the ground weeping, realizing that this really would be the last time that they would be able to touch, that they would be able to see and hold their dear brother Paul. Why did Paul choose to leave them with this one last lesson in such a tender moment? It is better to give than to receive. How can giving up Paul, their dearly beloved brother, to an uncertain and unfortunate future be better than keeping them for themselves? The idea of not having access to the one person who helped to build up their church and encourage them was absolutely daunting. The church was afraid to lose this fountain of support and encouragement that had been they had been receiving from Paul. But both Paul and the church of Ephesus are soon going to have to ask the question, where does our strength and hope come from? Paul is leaving the church of Ephesus in God's hands. And the church will not be able to reach out to him for support any longer. So who are they going to reach out to? Sometimes the human support that we depend on in this world will not always be available. While I lived in Mexico, the church that my family and I attended went through a fairly major transition. The pastor had to leave unexpectedly, and it was pretty traumatic for the church. They were not sure what to do without him there. Pastor Michael had invested a lot in this church, and the church in him, and they depended on him. And then things began to change. And there were these times where he just seemed so anxious and he didn't really want to stick around. And no one really understood how to address this. And he left unexpectedly and without explaining to the congregation why. The people were hurt and they were confused. And many people left the church disappointed. Sometimes in our own life, we can feel disappointed or abandoned by the people that we depend on. They are an important part of our life, and they invest in us. They care about us, but they are human. And part of being human is that we're not perfect. Sometimes people have to leave because God has called them to another place. Or maybe sometimes they leave because they've reached a point of burnout and 
they've given too much. And sometimes we just don't understand why people leave. And we ask, why do I have to give you up? Why don't, why don't I get to keep you? We don't want to give away the support. We don't want to let go because we might be too afraid of what will happen when they're gone. Who will encourage me? Who will love me? Who will be my community when the one who seems to be the source of my community is gone? But the source of community in Ephesus was not Paul. It was the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit empowered those leaders when Paul could no longer be a source of empowerment. God works through human agents. And Paul had modeled the importance of giving. But in reality, he was giving only that which he had received from God. Paul knew the delights of giving that which he received. Paul is a part of God's salvation mission. And the reason that the church is saved is because of this partnership with God. You know, I can only imagine Paul looking at his brothers and sisters and saying to them, the church is now in your hands. The way that God worked through me, he is going to work through you. God called me to be a part of this, but he is calling you as well. God is with you. And even though you might miss me, God is going to go before you and prepare a way. People may try to draw you away to heresy, but you will remember the truth. Not because you have such great memory. No, because the Holy Spirit will whisper into your ear the truth. Paul had poured out everything for his brothers and sisters. But he doesn't say that on the basis of his good works that they will succeed. Instead, Paul says, Jesus will give you more. Jesus will send his spirit and his spirit will pour out and empower and equip you. I gave you what I could. But now, You are in better hands. You heard me tell you how Jesus talked about giving and how it is a blessing. But that doesn't mean that it's not scary. Paul doesn't say that our fear is invalid and to suck it up and be strong. No, that's not what he says. He says, Join me in giving and building the Lord's kingdom. 
There is no greater reward than sharing this gift of eternal life. This beautiful truth. It's quite comforting, but that doesn't mean that it's going to make us any less sad. Because when Paul's companions saw him off to the boat, they still wept. It was still hard to say goodbye. But Paul had the strength to step forward onto the boat. And we do too. What boat do you need to step onto and trust that the Lord will carry you? Where in your life do you feel called to take that first step forward, even when the path might seem daunting to give? God's work does not depend on one specific agent or person. God will work in and through the church of Ephesus just as he worked in and through Paul once they surrendered and committed to the Holy Spirit. Just like Paul. And just like how God worked through Paul in Ephesus, He will also work through us and he will equip us, each one of us, to minister together. And that is what binds us together. That is the community that we so desperately desire. The church, it's not just a building. It's not just a pastor. It is the body of Christ It is the hands and feet moving when we surrender and commit to the Holy Spirit. Paul might be leaving, but God is not finished. There are many others who have roles to play in the kingdom. And Paul has modeled how to follow the Holy Spirit with integrity. You know... As we look around, we can see that a number of our church members and leaders, they're not here today. Many of them are on a retreat. They're focusing on spending time with the Lord in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that they can continue modeling how to proclaim and advance the kingdom. And yet, the Holy Spirit is still at work right here. In this space, your testimonies that you gave last week during Pastor Gina's sermon provide the evidence of how the Holy Spirit is at work, equipping you with gifts and passions and missions. For instance, last week, Teo shared how a number of students went to Nepal and how they experienced the goodness of practicing the spiritual discipline of reading scripture every week, every day, and being in relationship with God, and how they continued this practice even months after the trip. 
This is evidence of how God uses us to speak into the lives of those around us. God stays with those that he equips, even after the one that he equipped is not there. I don't know about you, but when I was in college, being able to maintain habits with consistency was so difficult. So for a group of college students to be able to maintain this daily discipline, it can really only be of the Holy Spirit. Last week, while listening to your testimonies, I found myself feeling filled with this sense of anticipation. As I listened to each story, within each one, I could hear how the Holy Spirit was at work. Because the people going to speak up here were proof of how the Holy Spirit is equipping you and is coming through our community and deepening our love for him and how we can serve just like the way we heard in Teo's story. You see, the pastors, they embody and they proclaim and they advance the kingdom through their sermons, through their teachings, through their pastoral care. And last week, we as a body got to participate in the kingdom and proclaim how the Holy Spirit is moving and advancing together. We get to join him in this great story of transformation and salvation as our hearts are transformed with those that we touch that are touched as well. The act of giving helps us to recognize the beauty of community and how it connects us to one another and to Christ. The Holy Spirit will empower us to give even throughout our trials. God is not looking for perfection. He is looking for us to being open, to participate in his good works, and to trust in his guidance that even when our journey is faced with instability, with loss, maybe even betrayal, that we can be reminded that God is our stability, that God is our gain, that God is faithful, and that we can find comfort in knowing that the Holy Spirit is giving through us, not by our strength, but through the strength of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for how you are our strength when we are weak and how the Holy Spirit empowers us to give 
even throughout all of our trials. Lord, we ask that even in moments when we feel alone, that you will sustain us, that you will be our courage, our strength, our stability. We thank you for how you are going before us and equipping us to continue proclaiming your good news and that we can continue to find our hope in you. Amen.